1: Welcome to the 83rd episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am your lovely, lovely, lovely host of this amazing show. And joining with me as always soon to be in Jacksonville in 24 hours time for AEW full gear live at the Daily's place. It's Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing, man?
0: I wish I had a video because I started doing, when you started going into my name, I started doing the Ricky Starks pose. (laughs) Uh, I'm imagining it does not look as good on me as it does on him, but uh, still awesome. Uh, Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it's funny when we're doing this podcast, if anyone can't hear, I'm very animated when I talk, I'm like, hands are moving, I'm moving around, it's it, 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 it's it's a show it's, it's like one day that's why i don't like doing video that's why we don't do video <laughs> because i move around and look off and it just be like is floyd having a seizure or something <laughs> while i'm talking but uh yeah i am uh I'm, I'm pumped up uh for this a lot of people that i work with came through covered shifts so i can go in uh just to tell you about my crazy ass schedule Uh, I get off, I work tonight in Central Time, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. tomorrow. I then, I then, pretty much as soon as I leave work, uh, as soon as I leave work, I head to the airport. My flight leaves Oklahoma City at 10 o'clock. Stop in Chicago, Jacksonville at 425 p.m. Eastern Time, and then, uh get my car, check into a hotel, and I'm supposed to be at the arena by uh, 6 uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time for it to open, but sometime, but the show starts at 7.30. I watch the show and I leave back to Oklahoma City the next morning at 7 a.m. to get back in Oklahoma City at 11.25 Central Time to then work at 7 p.m. Central Time Till 7 a.m. on Monday. So that is my schedule over the next 48 hours. I know none of y'all probably care, but that is seriously like what's going down so I can be there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a wild time, I'm sure, and very jealous for sure. I mean, like, I haven't seen live wrestling since February, since uh, Revolution, which, I mean, like, already grateful that I've been able to attend the amount of AEW shows that I've had. But um, shout out to everyone who's going to be at the Daily's Place to see Full Gear. I'm jealous. Be sure to stay safe. Be sure to follow the rules so you don't get kicked out. We wouldn't want to see that happen, and we want to see you guys last through the entire show and make a lot of noise for these matches because the card is looking wild. Um, and we got a lot to talk about on the go-home show of AEW Dynamite this week. But before we get into the show, I want to make sure that you're downloading the fine show right here on Google+. Or Apple Podcasts. And shout out to our Spotify listeners. If you listen on Google, Apple, or Spotify, be sure to share the podcast with your friends if you enjoy it. We'd appreciate it. Please leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And if you want to follow us on social media, I know it's a lot considering these last couple days. I totally get it if you're not on it right now. But despite all that, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at, AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Twitter. Myself at SZoomer4 on Twitter. And Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter is just at Floyd Johnson Jr. Now, we have a little bit of big news in multiple areas. Now, Countdown to Full Gear is the obvious news. We have a big pay-per-view on our hands. A lot of big matches that have been announced. A lot of stuff that we're looking forward to. And a lot of big moves that were made uh, in the go-home show which we'll talk about later and the full amount full recap of dynamite this week but also we had a smaller well depends on how big you view this um i viewed it as a pretty big news and i i reminded floyd about this actually was that we had the announcement of aw games has popped up on social media and has been announcing an announcement ironically that on november 10th we will be hearing about AEW games. There was no more information that was listed. We don't know necessarily if it's... There's been two ideas that I've been seeing floating around. It's either AEW's version of Up Up Down Down, which I see is like kind of the lesser option, though I do appreciate it. I love Up Up Down Down. Or, more likely, we're getting more information on the future AEW video game, which is the thing that I'm very much interested in because... Uh, for me personally, video games are kind of dry right now. Uh, the only game that I got recently that I pre-ordered that I've been really into was uh, Fuser, which is like this Harmonix guys who made Rock Band DJ game, which looks like a bunch of fun. But I like uh, considering like wrestling video games right now. Yeah, I, I need to know more about what AEW's got. Whoa. So we'll right. see. We'll video see what games. that is on November 10th.
0: Video games is not dry for your boy because I got the Xbox Series S today. What? What? You did?
1: I saw on Twitter. Yeah, I
0: didn't even know they were shipping. Like, I got a, a notification that FedEx was shipping something, and I thought it was one of my PlayStation 4 accessories because I've, you know, been getting a lot of I ordered a bunch of accessories, so they've been getting here early. And then I the I saw the box and I saw it was from Walmart, and I'm like, is this the Xbox? And they're already being shipped to people. This is crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if I was to grab any of the uh, Xboxes, because I have nothing in terms of 4K, uh, in terms of, like, a TV or anything like that, I would grab the Series S just because it's, like, the price of the Switch. So I will very much, like, I would grab that. But, like, I think I'm going to wait a good bit on next-gen consoles, considering I just spent, like, a couple thousand dollars on a new PC. So I I will wait and see to see how the new consoles are and depending on when... Uh, how the wind blows
0: but they're not gonna be bad uh the biggest thing about the AEW games getting back to what you actually talked about is that uh i you know a lot of people want that whole wwf no mercy uh you know wcw against the world engine and you know even when cody was talking about the game he's like there's a certain engine a certain style of play that everybody wants and he's like, and we're working on that. And I was like, so I think if we do get the AEW game, it's going to be that. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, having an AEW licensed wrestling game, of course, I'm pre-ordering it the moment it comes out because I love wrestling games. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the idea that you get to play with Cody, play on the game with Cody and... Kenny, and all those people, that would be cool. If they do an Up, Up, Down, Down thing, I can honestly say I watch Up, Up, Down, Down every now and then, but I'm not a YouTube watcher. I'm too old for this shit, but um, (laughs) I just watch BTE. I mean, pretty much, that's it. I mean, no, actually, if you want to go, I watch BTE and Dark, and those are the only two in uh, Swerve's podcast, what I used to watch. Now it's on the WWE Network. So I don't even watch that on YouTube anymore. And then I watched, uh what is it, Cobra Kai. And I watched that on U- uh, YouTube. And it's not on YouTube anymore. So it's like, anytime YouTube puts something I actually like on it, it then moves off of YouTube. So there you go.
1: Ah, that's how it goes sometimes, but we'll, we'll see exactly what the big announcement is with AEW Games this upcoming Tuesday after full gear. But now we can get into AEW Dynamite for this week, the go-home show. We opened up with an interview with Dasha, uh, with Chris Jericho, J.K. Gerns, and Santana. It was going on about how Chris Jericho will be on commentary this entire show and how he will have a front row seat to the opening match, which was... Inner Circle's Ortiz and the Spanish God Sammy Guevara versus MJF and Wardlow. Before the match, MJF faces off a little bit with Jericho, and Jericho says he doesn't think he has the killer instinct that the Inner Circle has, Max. In fact, he thinks that Maxwell Jacob Freeman is soft. MJF replies with Just Watch, and we get into the opening match, which was solid, I think. I think it had some really decent moments in there, having... Uh, Matt Hardy continued the feud with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara was also getting a ton of pop from the crowd. They they were going really hot for him. And also, I enjoyed the uh, We Want Wardlow chants that I heard around. Um, That was cool. I like how the little seeds of Wardlow starting to outshine MJF is continuing to build as we see what happens between these two. Um, but eventually, yeah, like I said, uh, he flips off Sam Serpentico, which was masked. Matt Hardy threw a chair at him. MGF then, um, after really working the arm of Ortiz hits the salt of the arm arm bar on Ortiz, getting him to tap out. And then MGF then leaves the ring and then jumps Jericho at the broadcast booth and just like slams him through the like jumps over the table, grabs him, starts wailing on him. And then that would wrap up that match. Um, now we always talk about almost to a crazy amount about how AEW's first match is like huge. I don't think this one was on the same level, but I did enjoy some of the story elements that they included in the match. Um, in terms of like, holy shit, what a way to start off dynamite! It's not like crazy compared to previous dynamites, but I do really appreciate the story uh, points that they've made in the not only in the match in working Ortiz's arm and the moments from Sammy and Wardlow and the interaction with the crowd and the Matt Hardy spot. But, like, compared to what we've seen before, like I said, match-wise, it was all right. It was solid. But, Floyd, your thoughts? Who knew that the Spanish
0: God, Sammy Guevara, was such an amazing hot tag?
1: Dude, seriously. Like, I mean, he had such a good performance. And considering... The whole stuff that's going on with the inner circle and sammy and his opinion on mjf even though he's got a a heel feud right now with matt hardy dude could be a good face and i really mean that
0: yeah i I mean i don't know if it's gonna happen anytime soon i don't know if he'll get kicked out of the inner circle or whatever and mjf replaces him as kind of a a jericho sidekick before you know mjf you know eventually screws jericho but Right now, it was just like it's. It was great to see the seeds there. I'd like it to slow burn a little bit more for him. Yeah. Face, but yeah, I mean his as far as his in-ring style, it's very face. It's very flashy, very high-flying f- style. It's it's what people want to cheer. But he has this look about him and his ability about him to be a heel that you know you still want to boo him. Well, man, that hot tag man. Yeah, I, I I we were just like I was like I don't know. I'm I don't want to cheer him, but this is so dope. And it was yeah. amazing It was it was amazing. Uh, I thought the match was really good. Uh, MJ, uh MJF making Warlow work most of it was smart. I love how uh no one really won because, you know, uh you did have the Matt Hardy interference and that's how MJF got to uh tap out, which is still cool. Uh, so, I, I love how it looked forward, and then, you know, of course, after the match was the big part of it, uh, because Chris Jericho before the match called, uh, Sammy G soft, and, I mean, not Sammy G, MJF soft, and MJF went out of his way to prove him otherwise by, uh, attacking him at the announce table, and apparently that's what Chris Jericho wanted because he had a smile on his face. I thought that added some much needed heat for the match Saturday because I honestly could say before the whole soft thing and them getting in a fight I honestly didn't care about Jericho and MJF I felt like it was missing something
1: yeah I can totally see that I mean just the whole idea that it's just like it's basically a heel versus heel match. So it's kind of got a weird element to it, but the moment that they had right there in that match and just the interactions that they've had that have become increasingly more like, like it's, I'm trying to think of the word of it. It's been coming increasingly more intense between them, but from two weeks ago when they were singing and dancing. And then of course, now we've gotten more and more actual intimidation and, Intensity between the two in this match, which is making it seem a lot more. It's it's building a lot more towards something. So I think that they're really starting to get towards somewhere, and it should be really solid. Um, we then had an interview with Tony shivani interviewing Kenny Omega about his finals match for the AW number one contendership title match, and he talks just on about his accolades and how he's destined to win this tournament and then become the next AEW world champion like i said it's more so of like he was downplaying the idea of like it was always destined to be hangman and kenny he was like i don't know more so it seems like he's the way that they're portraying him is he's really taking uh, uh hangman unbelievably lightly and there would be more that would continue between this feud leading into the match uh, later tonight, which we will get into. This was a real quick interview. And then we had the singles debut of the best man Miro versus Trent. And I will say this because there's been a lot of talk about Miro and his, his slow rise in AEW and how AEW has been slowly pushing him in the company and how people weren't happy with Miro's debut. They haven't been happy with some of Miro's previous matches or how he's been showcased. um, I don't see how more you could be hyped about Miro and AEW than with this match. This was really good. Miro did a great job, had a really strong performance. Trent, of course, like, people need to realize how good Trent is. Like, I've seen so many great singles matches with him, not to mention how good Best Friends is in general, but Trent did very, very well. And Miro just really struck a gear by, once again, going, like, Trent's mom just doesn't get a break. They don't give her a break, and Miro brought it up, and then Trent just came right out of the gate swinging. And yeah, they are just they went crazy on this match. It was way better than I think a lot of people expected, and I really enjoyed it. And eventually, Trent would jump off the spring, jump off the top rope, and then Miro got him with a big kick. Which also I couldn't necessarily know if that was I like I believe that was a botch, but it the way that they pulled it out made it look planned because. He slips off the top rope when he goes for the springboard, and then he immediately gets up and then gets kicked in the face by Miro, which then goes into the game over. Like The way that it was like recovered made it look like it wasn't a botch. I think it was still a botch, but even still, the recovery was great. I just needed to point that out. Um, and then uh, Trent would then tap out. Miro got on the mic and again went after Trent's mom, but then Orange Cassidy jumps from the top rope and crashes on Miro and Kip Sabian. And there was just a brawl between that whole group with Chucky T also going after Kip Sabian eventually. And then also Orange Cassidy got jumped by – there was a point where Orange Cassidy got jumped by uh, John Silvers and members of the Dark Order when he got after he got slapped by Penelope Before There was a lot in between this match uh, building towards uh, Full Gear where John Silvers got one up on Orange Cassidy, uh, which built to their match. There was a lot in this match. It was – it was. It could seem a little crowded, but I didn't really feel it that way. It was really well done. But Floyd, do you have any differing opinions, or do you kind of fall where I'm lying?
0: I, I kind of fall where you're lying. But as far as the match, I felt like this was the closest, like I've seen, to first year Rusev in a long time. Like when Rusev hit the, uh, the uh, hit the main roster. He was just so dominant and so impressive, and I think we got a lot of that in the Trent match. And it didn't bury Trent. It was like, Miro, Miro looked amazing, but uh, Trent still, you know, still kept up with him. He showed how good of a wrestler he is. It's like, if you look at the point of this match, he hit every toe. It was to establish Miro as a killer. Uh, Trent is to keep his spot where he is, to add some heat to the Orange Cassidy John Silver match. And to, uh, you know, uh, set up going forward the best friends versus uh, Miro and uh, Miro and Kip Sabian. Maybe building towards the wedding. It's going to be great. Uh, When I looked out, uh, when I'm checking out, I also noticed when they came back from commercial. After they joined Orange Cassidy, Miro actually stood between the Dark Order and uh, Orange Cassidy. Like, he is my guy to beat up, you know. He, you know, Miro's very territorial that way. And I just like what they're doing with him. Uh, Again, you know, we get a lot of knee-jerk reactions as far as what AEW does. And Miro's been one of them. But it was like, they didn't know they were getting Miro. You know what I mean? It's just like, when you have such a talented roster and then you get another talented guy. You know, you might have to wait a minute before he gets pushed. And it's like, this match, like... Like, this is the mirror you're going to see going forward. And I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, I did too. We then had the second part of the Kenny Omega Hangman interviews where Jim Ross interviewed Hangman Adam Page. And while Hangman is, of course, got a drink in his hand, he's asked about uh, Kenny Omega and he kind of just brushes it off a little bit. And um, Jim Ross asks, just straight up, if he's nervous facing Kenny Omega. And he said, yeah, because this is the f- closest he's gotten to the AEW world title since he lost to Chris Jericho when he said he would be the first ever AEW world champion. So if he doesn't win Saturday, he doesn't know what else he got other than that glass of whiskey in his hand. And that was a really, really good uh, short promo, I felt like. It really made his, his um, motivations unbelievably clear, clear of what this match means to Hangman. And it really provides a good dichotomy between these two. Like I'm like this is I'm telling you, this match could very well seal the show. It's going to be insane. The amount of like the the massive chip on Kenny Omega's sho- sh- uh, shoulder right now, with how he's back into singles action. He was considered the best wrestler in the world for years. He's won multiple tournaments that he's competed in New Japan, and he's very much touting how good he is versus hangman who very much knows he's got everything to lose here because i mean his tag team's broken up he's got nothing else except for like his whiskey that he's got in his hand and considering how many people doubted that he would be the first AEW world champion he's still got a couple doubters but now a lot more people are on his side now so a lot of things have changed since that first championship match so i'm like this like everything that's surrounding this match i love i love it so much
0: Uh, I feel like there was a lot of foreshadowing to what's going to happen Saturday. And I I mean, I mean, like, I'm going to go more into it on the preview of the show. But I just think it foreshadowed so much of what's going to go down. and happen Saturday, and I think a lot of things in the show foreshadowed uh, Saturday. And it was just like, it got me so excited. It gave me the bubbles in my stomach. So that is, uh, I am looking forward. I think Hangman has found his niche, found his role, and I think if fans were around he'd be like nuclear over. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh it's just, you know, with the crowd you can't hear it. It's just we like he hits the tone on a sad drunken man better than anybody I've ever seen. And you know how you you drinking your whiskey and you get overconfident, you know, you're you know, you get that uh you get those first three shots in and you start getting that uh, you know, you get that bravery, those alcohol, you know, guts, and you big man, and then you take a couple more uh, shots, and you're like, then the truth comes out. And that's what I felt like that JR interview happened. Like, at the beginning, he was like, girl, I'm going to whoop his ass. And then by the end of it, it's like, okay, well, my whole career is was based on this. If I lose this, I don't, I don't have friends anymore. I have nothing. And I just thought that was crazy.
1: Yeah, We then had Team Taz make an appearance talking about how Taz stayed out of, out sat, sat outside Tony Khan's office or TK's office for three hours trying to just get a couple minutes of his time and he said he was too busy for me talked about how he really does appreciate and respect the ranking system that AEW has Brian Cage is 10-1 he points out and that mox match that he lost doesn't count so he's ranked number one So who do you have that's better than Cage? Why does he not have a match for full gear? And what about Ricky Starks, who's won 10 of his last 11 matches and is not even in the top five? And just eventually they're just saying, like, now it falls on the EVP. Cody, you believe in the model, do the work. Team Taz is getting worked right now. So full gear, FTW will be making a presence, guaranteed. And nice, simple Really well done by Taz. One of the better promos. One of the better promos I've seen him cut. Like just him, Ricky Starks really worked the mic well. Taz, uh, once again, like uh, Brian Cage is just a is just a presence and just the muscle in that whole group. So, yeah, I'm I don't I don't know exactly what we'll see from Team Taz. Like I said, more foreshadowing on what will happen in Full Gear. Um, possibly he gets involved with like what i'm looking like it's like cody might be seeing a little bit of team taz in their tnt title match so we'll see what team taz does but anything you want to say on this segment real quick floyd
0: it's It's something about those new york voices it is something that i mean they have this yelling attitude and that accent to it you just believe everything they say oh yeah and it's just i believe everything taz says
1: we got a lot to say about New York accents when we're talking about another segment later
0: down the show. Absolutely. And it's just, they hit so hard. And so I just thought this was perfectly done. It keeps you from forgetting about, uh, Team
1: Taz, even
0: though they're not on the full gear card.
1: Yep. Then we had Young Bucks versus Private Party. Uh, I believe this is, this, I want to say this is the third time they've wrestled since AEW's inception. And... Right before Private Party got into the ring, Sammy Guevara ambushed Matt Hardy, got payback after what happened earlier in the show, spikes his head on the entrance ramp with a twist of fate, and then uh, after Private Party kind of chases Sammy Guevara off, then Young Bucks come out, and again, we're reminding ourselves of what we have coming up in the show for Full Gear, what the tag team title match is going to be about how if the Young Bucks don't win the belts, they will never title challenge for the titles again. And the, the point that was being pushed a lot in this match was why are the Young Bucks wrestling this match? Matt has a very fucked up leg, a very fucked up ankle after what happened last week when FTR very much kind of hobbled him with that steel chair. So from the entire match on, Matt Hardy, Matt Jackson was uh, limping and was showing the effects of that attack. And... Like they were like pointed out, like they don't need to wrestle this match, but they're doing it anyway. So they were showing their mean streak and they were going ahead and just really working a good match. I mean, these two guys know each other really, really well and put on really solid matches. Um, and again, they once again tease about what happened when they faced off the first time in that tag team tournament and then how. The Young Bucks then reversed that how they won it last, and then they just went back and forth and back and forth, and eventually the Bucks were able to finish it with the BTE trigger and get the pin. And then that's when FTR once again came down and attacked the Bucks and were look- hit him with the Goodnight Express on Matt Jackson and then got that chair again looking to hobble Matt Jackson pretty much just to break his ankle, break his foot. And that's when Hangman comes out to, to even the odds a little bit. And only a few seconds later, Kenny Omega shows up. Now, the whole thing with Kenny, with Hangman and Page and FTR and how FTR got in his head, you could see just the look in his eyes as he was looking down at FTR. And, and um, it was a small little reunion of the Elite minus Cody and how the little fist bump between Hangman and Kenny. And then they stared down like hardcore before they both left the ring. And... Match overall really good, really great match. I mean, Young Bucks continue to do really well in AEW, and I think it's just building to what we're gonna get at full gear. And Private Party still one of the best teams that we have in AEW. Still really, really well done, and having Matt Hardy's seal of approval only helps them. And yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to say. Floyd, your thoughts?
0: Matt, Matt Hardy. I mean, Matt Jackson might be one of the best sellers in the business of a limb. seriously when it comes to a limb like when he sold his back and he sold his like and there's just times where i just think something is actually wrong and maybe the doc needs to look at him but he's just really really good at selling that uh... the end again you, you get hangman coming out before kenny you know they're about to break your legs like kenny is the elite the elite is the bucks and kenny why is hangman coming out first you know what i mean because Hangman left the league, but he didn't want to see his friend's knee get wrecked. So he comes out. And, you know, and he, the FTR bounces. Because that's what FTR does. No physical contact. They, that will get to a point that I'm going to make later. And then Kenny Omega uh, comes out afterwards. And he's like, basically, why'd you come out before me? And they did fist bump for a second. But then they're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to fight Saturday. It was like that was that moment. It's like, oh, hey, buddy oh, yeah, I'm supposed to fight you Saturday. Okay. (laughs) I was like, uh, like, oh. It was like that moment you forget. That's just your friend. For the last five years, he's just been your friend. But now, oh, we got to fight. And not just fight, a title's on the line. I can't like you right now. I have to hate you. And so I think that little just that moment there just drove home that fact. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that was, I thought this was really cool. Shout out to Private Party and Young Bucks for stepping up. Uh, I uh, wrote this in the notes. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears' match had to get moved because Scorpio Sky was around someone that had COVID. Now, Scorpio did test tested negative on every test since then. But to watch out for everyone around, they just went ahead and took him off the show. Sean Spears basically tweeted out a bunch that he was ducking him. You know, st- st- stole his moment again. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's why we got this match. But, yeah, it ended up working out. AEW, I have to say, and is one of the best companies
1: I've ever seen at pivoting. Yeah, there's just... there's the, There's a real sense of, like, even if they're not testing positive, if they know for a fact that they were in contact with somebody, they know, okay keep this away like make sure and also when they do find out that somebody's no longer testing negative they do kind of i feel like do what i think the NFL needs to be doing and like have an incubation period and like kind of just make sure okay you don't have covid just kind of chill for a minute we'll bring you back when we think you're you're good you've spent like a couple weeks and away from people and like you kind of just like like a full week of just like you don't go in contact with go anywhere where you could get in contact with anybody i feel like so like AEW's like they're they're treating this with the utmost uh, seriousness which is crazy because they're the only wrestling company right now at least uh between the two major ones where fans are allowed to attend
0: yeah uh yeah absolutely And, and what i was uh really getting to there is that uh when the match that replaced it was probably going to be... I'm like, I think Scorpio and Sean Spears are going to do a great job, but the tag match to replace it was probably better than Scorpio, Sky, and, you know, Sean Spears. And it's just like, I don't, you know, I know how long you've been watching and how long I've been watching. Anytime they have to do emergency replacement, it's never better than what would have been originally there. And it's just, AEW does such a great job of when they do the replacement match, it makes you forget that... You missed the match. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But yeah, as far as the COVID, it's top notch. The fact that it's run by it's run by an NFL team probably helps a lot because they're already doing all the tests and they're already staying above. And like Jacksonville, I think they're about to have their first player to miss a game because of COVID. I mean, it, it, I mean they've been on top of it. They've been one of the league leaders in it as far as not, you know, not having people on their IR. So. Whatever Jacksonville slash AEW does, they're doing it right. And generally, if if anybody is gotten caught up, it's because they're not following the protocols and the guidelines that Jacksonville
1: and AEW have put out. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh my god, this segment, this next segment, oh my god. Uh, the in-ring face-off... Between the Mad King, Eddie Kingston, and the AEW World Champion, Jon Moxley. Leading into their I Quit match on Saturday at Full Gear. And Tony Khan made it very clear um, before this segment even took place. Where if there was any physicality, the match would be called off. It would be forfeited. And, oh my god. Like, I got, like, physical chills watching this this segment. These guys didn't hold anything back they like I mean like you literally saw Kingston and Moxley like nose to nose they were just screaming at each other and just Moxley was after being told like how your belt is all that matters in its sport and you're holding it I'm taking the title from you this isn't a game Moxley then all of a sudden talks about loyalty And how it's a frail thing in this business. He never thought Eddie would burn him. And he was very happy when he signed. And then they just shouting at each other. Bringing up Eddie Kingston's mom. Saying he'd always have Eddie's back. But I guess I broke that promise to her. I mean just the way they were just going after each other. And the shot of just Moxley right behind Eddie Kingston. As just he's staring off. Towards the crowd as Moxley is just going at his ear, just just running his mouth and just saying everything that he's got on his chest and saying, you made a promise to your mother you can't keep. And then just Eddie Kingston turning around, screaming at him, you're going you're to have to kill me. You better be ready to kill me. This is 100% real. And I mean, my God, like these guys – like holy shit I, I i mean i i'm i'm just rambling at this point floyd please you probably have much more cohesive thoughts cuz i was fanboying like crazy during this segment I,
0: and i was too and it it was it, it, if i had to put an example of why wrestling shouldn't have ta- shouldn't have writers i would just put this segment up
1: yeah cuz you look at the segment too and like there wasn't like a One person speaks, and the other person then speaks, and then the other person then speaks. Like, Eddie Kingston wouldn't shut the fuck up. He was just getting, like, his mouth was running a mile a minute. And, like, they were just screaming at each other. Like, sure, like, there would be points where you can't, like, catch some of the things that were said. But you knew the intensity that was behind this match. So, and again, it felt legit. Yeah. Like, and, like, like you can't get that level of legitimacy in your promos if you read it word for word from a guy backstage who wrote it for you. It's not even like you wrote a script that you're writing word for word. Like, the wrestler writes it themselves. It's being written by someone you don't know. So, this segment, this promo, top notch. Like, 100% the best part of the show, in my opinion. Like, I was losing my mind.
0: It was just so intense, so passionate, so loud. It was very, very loud segment. They were yelling at each other, and they were right in each other's face. And then Eddie Kingston, I don't want to hear you anymore. And he turns his back to Moxley, and Moxley gets right in his ear and keeps talking. He says, don't you bring up my mother, uh, Eddie Kingston says. And it's just like, again, that gravelly, raspy, New York accent. It's just like, I buy it. And when he said, "This is real," you better be prepared to kill me. I was like, "Oh my God!" It sounded like it was like what would happen at an MMA press conference if it wasn't organized. If you just yeah. said, you just gave them one guy the mic and you gave another and say the only rule is you can't touch each other. You know, and he's like, you know, the reason my mother doesn't have. The grandkids my reason my mother doesn't have a daughter-in-law is because of this I always put this first and I just want to go back to her with his belt and let her know that it was all worth it oh my god just like I'm saying these things because I remember it like word for word it was just it got my excitement in it, and it's like oh my god like Eddie Kingston again old school 70s 80s Maybe even the early 90s idea of talking people into the room. Dude, Eddie Kingston could be like the get squashed in this match. But he would still talk me into the room because everything he says, he can't believe it. You can believe it. It's like he's gone. He might say I quit. He might do whatever. But you know that uh, Mox is going to have to bring his lunch pail. You know, and you're probably going to need a snack for later because it's time to go to work. You're going to have to work overtime to beat this man. It's going to be so fun.
1: And I will say the, the the line of the night came from John Moxley where he goes, I believe the loudest one in the room is the weakest one. Like that that alone, I was like, oh boy, my God. I mean... Considering the the I quit stipulations surrounding this match, I mean, like, if you knew going into this match, like, oh, it's just going to be a normal wrestling match. Like, this promo would still be great, but you would know that, like, man, the level of intensity is going to be kind of lost if it's just a basic wrestling match. But no, no, it's an I quit match. They're going to kill each other. Like, we've seen these guys get physical. We've seen these guys beat the shit out of each other. This is going to be a whole nother level. Like, this, I have a really... Strong feeling that this might get to levels of uncomfortable. Just watching these two guys, former, these, I mean, like we always say like former friends, like these guys like came up together in the Indies. Former friends split apart, like both yelling about selling out and both guys like who want that championship more than anything else. And they will do anything to get it or to keep it. And it doesn't matter who gets in their way. They are going to cause mayhem. You even reminded me of another line. He's like, signing with AEW,
0: he said, I had to become everything I hate to try to reach this moment. Oh, my God. He's like, I don't like being this way, but it's the way that I am. It is the way that he has to be to be successful. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I personally... I mean, I, I never saw Eddie Kingston as an AEW champion. That promo made it like okay, I'd be okay with it. It's
1: like wow,
0: it, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean like, I mean that's just you see like, and like the way that the title is being used like so well. Like I mean that that title means so much. Especially considering that only two people have held it so far. And yet the the amount of severity in wanting to get that championship, wanting to hold that title is – it's great. And I mean like with – okay, this will be my like, – I, I, I'm, I'm limiting myself to one like straight-up WWE reference because I don't want to make it seem like I'm dogging on them. But you look at say the way that the WWE title has been handled – Recently, Like, a lot of times that doesn't even main event the show. And it just feels like their main championships are losing value the more they kind of slip up with them a little bit. But, I mean, I feel nothing like that with the AEW title. Like, I feel like that is, despite it only being around for such a short period of time, one of the most important prizes in pro wrestling today.
0: But- I completely agree. I completely agree. It is... On that New Japan, uh, you know, level of world title, it means something. I mean, seriously, uh, we are, uh, what, the first champion was crowned September of last year, and we're only in the second champion. You know what I mean? It's just, it means something. They don't just pass the belt back and forth. The person that has that title is the flagship, is the face of the company. Let's do it.
1: And but, again, hey, everybody. But, but they are not the ace. No no, 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 <laughs> no. They've still got they've still got a ways to go for that. But even that but even despite that, though, the other thing that again that I'll say before we get into the next couple segments is that they also do an amazing job of showcasing how much like challengers are just going mad with. I need that championship. I need that. So like keep. Like, just keep it up. Like, I've been loving everything that's been done with the with the world title recently. I've got no complaints. Yeah, the but, limited amount of spots,
0: and it feels like every wrestler is going out there trying to earn what spot they can on the
1: card. There you go. Now, we have a little video package because Pac has spoken, and he is speaking very loudly. And... Pac is making sure that people don't forget about him. And they shouldn't forget about Pac, because I mean, despite everything that's been going on and like how little we've seen of Pac due to the circumstances and what Pac has been amazing. Like I've he's I want people to really appreciate everything that Pac has been doing in AEW because it's been some of his best work, I feel like. And he talks about how the thing about isolation is you've got nobody to play with and um he's been here before, lost Abandoned, but every time, every day that passes, and the more time that passes, he gets stronger, he gets faster, and more obsessed. And just the shot, the editing in this segment was really well done. Pac just looks like a man possessed. And I. I really like. I know we had a small little like death triangle situation where like now it's kind of like what that that sec that group doesn't really mean much anymore because of everything that happened with Pac not being able to be on dynamite that much because of pandemic. But also you got um, like Eddie uh, Lucha Bros that are very much involved in different areas, including with Eddie Kingston. And I mean, I just want to see Pac like really get just go like if there's somebody that you should see go for the tnt title very soon if pack is back in the ring very soon Pac, he should be one of those main guys going for that tnt title like no question about it
0: so uh uh tony was on dave's show uh wrestling observer radio with dave melter and he said the most the coolest thing he's like only two people in the company know when pack is coming back and that's me and him He's like, I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I was just like, Good lord. And I was like, Oh, Pac is coming soon, or whatever. Pac is coming soon. I'm very excited. Uh, and I found out it's like, Getting him to America is not a problem, right? Uh, that's not the problem with Pac. It's getting him home. Uh, you know, if you come from America to the UK, you have to quarantine for two weeks before you can then go back into the country. So, that's the problem. It's not getting him here. It's getting him home. As far as the promo, uh, I think it represented it all it Represented all of us doing lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I never, like, people, they've done wrestling vignettes and things like that before. I've never identified with a wrestling vignette more than I did with that. Because uh, in Oklahoma, it was two months. And when we were down, that was me. I was going crazy. I did not, like, it was like, it felt like there were three versions of me. There was this one that just wanted to be everywhere. There was this one that was happy to be home. And then there was just like, hey, but you think about him. You know, he's not wrestling. He's not working. He's not doing his job. He is just stuck. And he is thousands of miles away from his employer. So, yeah, I just... I identified with it on so many different levels.
1: Yeah, totally. We then had a small moment backstage where Alex Marvez was interviewing QT Marshall and Dustin Rose, the Natural Nightmares. Uh, Bunny, Ali shows up to distract QT, and then they were attacked by the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I want to mention this real quick because QT, my man, like, do you have no game? Like, you had Allie with you for that long got nothing like i saw no kisses i saw barely any like hugs or anything you got nothing and now she's already against you it's like my man you gotta like come on like whether she was using her you or not like can't even get like a peck on the cheek like what the hell's going on man like you're hurt you're hurting my soul man i'm feeling for you but anyway Getting that segment out of the way real quick, we then had Nyla Rose facing off against Red Velvet, building up to when she challenges Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. Like, again, was very much kind of a cleanser. It was a match leading into the main event, the semi-main event. Um, And Nyla just pretty much just beat the hell out of her. Like, really, really convincingly, really quick. And was very much also... Hit a running knee strike, taking a page out of Sheeta's playbook, which was really nice. And then Vicky Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero, my apologies, approached Sheeta at ringside and then said Nyla was going to break her bones on Saturday. And then Sheeta grabs Vicky, and then that's when Nyla and Sheeta began to start to beat each other up a little bit before the referee separates them. Um, now, I mean, like I don't like saying it. I mean, like I first of all match on paper for the aw women's title this match means a lot going into it just because like you got a former champion and she who's held the title for a very long time it's just the fire for the women's division is still not where we need it to be and we're just waiting for the moment where it really starts to build some head of steam and again i'm really hoping that people are tuning in for the women's matches so that way we get more opportunities to see them because it's just like we need to see this division grow and continue to grow so i'm hoping that it does and like it's just like the, the weight it it just it's just because we see these matches and we're like, that was good, but we want to see a lot more better stuff. And like, I mean, we've said it for the last few weeks, and it's just going to take a lot more time to see where the women's division goes, so I just hope people still stick with it. I know it seems like the women's division is just an afterthought, but people just need to stick with it in order to make it grow the way that it should grow.
0: Well. I will say this, that again, this is straight from the Tony and Dave interview. Basically, women's division has been hurt by injuries and COVID. Because he's like, the plan was Yuka to be a bigger part of the division. She's stuck in Japan. Playing with Rio to stay in the division, stuck in Japan. Of course, uh, they had B Priestley. They just let her contract expire because she was stuck in Japan. So you just had all these that's three major pieces, major worker, great workers, major pieces of AEW that are out. Then you had kind of the rising star of the women's division, Chris Statland, to like blew out her knee, like to shreds. Like she's not gonna even start being able to train until next year. It's gonna be well in the next year before she wrestles again. And it's just I've never seen a division in wrestling as snake bitten as this women's division is. So they're trying to build on it. They're trying to but then of course they do they do they don't do any you know good on their own because uh you have Britt do her thing and come back and have a match and then she goes away for a few weeks. She's not even on dark. You know, swole's kinda went away and you don't you know and you know no real explanation, no vignettes, no anything to Keep you invested in the women's division, and it honestly feels like this Nyla Rose and Sheena match kinda came out of nowhere. It's just like, hey, you two are healthy, wrestle each other. That's that's what this match feels like to me. I'm like, if you give me the card, top to bottom, the least emotionally invested, even under Orange Cassidy and uh, uh, Orange Cassidy and John Silver, is this match. Why? Because there's no heat. They tried to give you heat in that little segment on Wednesday with v- v- Vicky Guerrero, but there was no heat. And it's like, well, is Brandy gonna be a part of it? Because it seemed like Vicky was cutting the pr- uh, promo more on Brandy than she was on Hikarashita. So I don't know. It just felt co- I was confused, and I was like, yeah, why would n- not even? Why would the normal average viewer care? Why would a passionate person? that looks for any leaf or inch or inkling, someone that talks very positively about AEW like all the time. I couldn't find a reason to care about this match other than it being for the title.
1: Yeah, and like Floyd said, again, it's really important to realize that this division has been snake bitten because you look at the men's division, you look at the tag division, you look at just the general roster that we have at AEW. Like, Top of their level, top of their game with the stuff that they're putting on in AEW. Just the growth of this division and the growth of this roster has been massive. But eight, the women's division, like I, like we said, there's cracks just because we've lost key pieces. Riho, we've lost a lot more key pieces on the other side of things. Just more... It's just it's not at the place that it needs to be. So that the point is that the women's division has had to play catch-up for the last few months. And it's not been an easy process and with people starting to tune off when women show up on their television and when the women's matches happen it's not helping the situation so we know it's going to take a while for this division to pick up steam that's the most important part and i do think a
0: big thing needs that needs to happen is women need to start being more parts of these factions because the factions are on tv right no dark orders on TV. That's so why it, Anna
1: Jay, yeah, like I said, Anna Jay is like one of the key pieces in the women's division, even though she hasn't wrestled that much.
0: Uh, yeah, because she's on TV. Uh then you have a Red Velvet was out with Brandy and Brandy will be out with the Nightmare family. That'll add to it and get more visibility on women. Uh, They need to do something with Ty Conte. I was just about to say. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what she's going to do, but I feel like something's coming there. And I think a lot of it is we are waiting on that third hour of the show, that new show that's going to have a third hour. Uh, I think they'll do a lot more with women in that hour. But it's still, women will get not on TV if people keep turning the channel when it comes on.
1: And again, like we know it's not at – the level of quality that we want it to be and we know that there's still a lot of catching up to do and that's just the issue It's just that the main roster is so good and the men and the tag division is at like like crazy levels of talent crazy levels of storytelling like like and like we'll go down the card and we'll say how every match has something really sticking with it that's making it exciting to watch and the women just don't have that yet and it sucks And we want it to be the same reason because I promise you when I say most fans that watch AEW, most fans that watch wrestling in general, we want the women to be represented the exact same way that the men are being represented and have it be the same importance. Like, for God's sakes, like only a year ago, not this year, but a year ago, we had all women's WrestleMania. So trust me when I say we genuinely do care about these women appearing in good parts of the show and appearing in good segments and having more than one match on the show and having more than one storyline going on and it only being around the title. I promise you that. So it's going to take a long time, may, most likely a few months. But if, you, if we just keep showing that we want these women to succeed, because I love these girls. I think so many of them are great. I think that a lot of them have a great, great talent, great characters that can really be showcased really, really well. We just need to give they need the opportunity to and we need to be there for them so I really hope that others will step up and continue to support them as they try to pick up steam in these rough couple of months but now I'm more curious about Floyd's reaction because it is main event time it's the, a six man tag match between the American Nightmare the TNT champion Cody who recently just got his last name back
0: yes um it took oh my god. It's too
1: fucking long, but my god, he got his last name back.
0: Yes, uh Cody got his last name back. Uh apparently some strategic uh strategic, you know, information from his lawyer, his uh methods from his lawyer. He went after the WC old WCW names and uh WWE didn't like that and they exchanged basically his uh rights to the old WCW names for the Rhodes last name. So Cody Rhodes, once again, is his wrestling name. I am very happy for him. I mean, I've never called him anything other than Cody Rhodes, but it's still cool that uh, he can officially use his name and put it on merchandise, and him and his brother both own the Rhodes name again.
1: Question, though, because we know that Cody can no longer challenge for the AEW World Championship. Can Cody Rhodes challenge for for the AEW World Championship?
0: No one in the world hates that stipulation more than I do. (laughs) Me and I'm like, uh, as far as me and Tiffany, uh, uh, we hate that stipulation.
1: Yeah, we're like, uh, yeah,
0: like it it makes no sense. I don't. I think it paints you into a hole where you lose a main event match or whatever. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever breaking it. I don't. I think you could still get him versus a champion in a non-title match. I still think at a big pay-per-view or our big dynamite episode, you can get the champion versus champion and, you know, no title changes hands, but you could get Cody versus Mox or whoever's the TNT champion. I think you can get that. I don't think Cody ever is going to be the AEW world champion. And I think it's simple. He's the booker. You know what I mean? He is yeah. over the men's division. I know Tony makes the last call. He is officially the booker, but Cody is over the men's division. He, you know, books and decides a lot of the ways that the show goes, right? Him winning the world title just doesn't mean as much. Yeah. You know, it's Jeff Jarrett, it's uh it's Jerry the King Lawler, it's all those people that worked uh territories and just put the title on the guy that they knew wouldn't leave. So with Cody, I I don't Cody is one of those things I don't think he would ever do it unless it was to get heel heat. Yeah. Because the only thing is, it was just his word. It wasn't in the contract. It you wasn't can't. It wasn't Chris Jericho saying, I want this to be the last time he fights for the title. They just kind of shook hands on it. So heel Cody, who's a dick, can say, ah, I, I didn't rise on anything. Of course I'm going to fight for the title. Me personally, yeah. at that point when he fights for the title, I think he should lose. But again, that's just me thinking out loud. But as long as he is face, I think it is safe to say Cody's not gonna play any loopholes. Loopholes are for heels. I don't think heel Cody is too far away though.
1: Okay. Well, so Cody Rhodes and the Gun Club making their nightmare family debut versus the Dark Order members Cole Cabana, John Silvers, my boy, and ten. Um Billy say- Gun is fifty seven. I just had to throw that.
0: That dude is 57. Yeah. I would argue that top three best physiques in in AEW.
1: It's it's weird. It's honestly scary. Like, seriously.
0: <laughs> oh, God. If somebody, he's, they said it? And I was like, this dude is, what, six years older than The Undertaker?
1: Question. Have you seen the video? Uh, remember when... Um... Remember when Tough Enough came back and uh, Billy Gunn was one of the uh, guys, one of the trainers uh, with, like, Lita and Booker T? Do you remember when he was going off on – like, there was a video that was posted on, on YouTube of, like, unreleased footage of him going off on ZZ? Yes. My god. First of all, the size of that man and the stature of that man, why would you ever want to piss him off?
0: He, like, walks around kind of grumpy. So I was uh, checking into a hotel behind him, and I just kind of just said hi to him in Austin. Oh, my God. He gave me the, like, most fuck-off grunt I've ever heard ever. And, and good Lord, I almost shit myself. That dude is huge. Oh, my God. God, Like, like, there is 6'5", and then there is Billy Gunn 6'5". It's a (laughs) a whole different level of 6'5".
1: It's like, I I don't, it's like, and it's weird, too, because, like, you look back at, like, the, the that era he was in, and it didn't seem like he was that big, but, my God, he's fucking huge, and as somebody who calls himself the ass man, he is very much scarier than he sounds.
0: Oh, oh, God, yeah, um,
1: yeah, but w-
0: when I found out, I, like, I did not know, there's one of the, I knew he was around 50, that that was my, was like, in he's late 50s? i thought he was just around 50 and then they said he's 57 i was like good lord that man i'm like is in phenomenal shape probably hasn't had anything that was bad for him in like 20 years i don't know how that works you know I, i just tip my hat to him because you look in the ring he's in there with cody who's 35 he's in there with uh his son, I think he's in his mid-20s or something like that. And then he's in there with the Dark Order. And I think Cole Cabana is, like, 40. I think he was the oldest in the ring. And it's like, that dude is in better shape than everybody that's in there. Like, and it's not even close.
1: Yeah, seriously. But, so, like I said, six-man tag match for the main event. Honestly, like, I'm being 100% honest. When this match was determined to be the main event, I kind of was like, Really? Like, it made very little sense to me. Like, I get it. We have Cody, the TNT champion, and I get it that we're building a little bit for him. But, like, I don't know. The placement of this match as the main event, I wasn't... Like, it wasn't bad. But I don't like six-man or multi-man matches main eventing unless I know for a fact that the match itself is going to be, like, batshit crazy high spot. Like, oh my god, like, people are flying around the ring. And that's not necessarily the kind of energy that we got. Like, I was okay with the multi-man tag match to determine the number one contender. And also because there was something behind that match, so it gave it that main event importance. This was for nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. This is the one time in a while where I've been looking at AEW's match placements for Dynamite, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, please explain! I don't understand! It doesn't make any sense, but...
0: Yeah, and then you find out why it did, because it was all setting up for after the match, which, like I yes. said, the match was nothing. It was, it was a match.
1: It was all and, about what happened afterwards, which mm-hmm. I'm completely fine with.
0: Yeah, and Austin, Austin gets the pin uh, after his finish or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't. Like, this match was nothing. If you never saw this match and just watched the promo after,
1: that would be it. So tell us about the promo, sir. So Cody got on the mic, and Darby Allin, once again, up in the rafters going full sting. uh is just watching the match. He grabs the mic and says that his opponent is telling him that the TNT doesn't want him to be their champion at full gear. And he's like, they would love it if Darby was champion. And if circumstances were different, I would love it. But difference is that he recruited Darby and he wants him to take one last look because the truth that I speak contradicts the lies that a lot of people live. You want the ace belt but the problem with Darby is that he's not the ace.
0: Yeah. Burn. Yeah, and that's why I was like. It's the ace belt. It's the belt supposed to be the belt of the best wrestler slash performer in the company. I don't think like, I will tell anybody, uh, and you can hate me for it or whatever. I think as far as all-around performer, I'm talking promos, in-ring ability, presence, entrance, all that stuff. I think there's nobody that is as big, as presented as as big of a star as Cody. And that's how I see it. So, him saying this is the ace title and you're not the ace... Man, it's amazing, and I just thought that was great. And I like the whole Darby just staring down, not reacting, very stink ish. And I love it. And I just like I I just think again there was nothing missing in this match. I f- I felt like the build up was well, especially with their three match series going into their fourth match. I think the build was there, but I think this promo just kind of put it over the top, put it over the boiling point. It. It added a lot of questions as oh, who I thought the result. If you've listened to the show earlier early this week, I was like, there's no way Darby can win. And I'm like, now I'm like on the fence about that. So I think you can make it work as far as storytelling that Cody wins, but... Uh yeah. I just thought this promo was excellent. I mean if it wasn't for Eddie Kingston it'd be the promo everybody was talking it about It would have
1: been honestly. Like I understand that like people who preferred this promo, but I mean like Eddie's got a whole another level in terms of cutting promos. And when you're pairing him with John Moxley in a segment, you're not winning that promo battle. You're just not.
0: Yeah, like so. I said, I love Eddie
1: Kingston until the bell rings.
0: No. And then the bell rings he's kinda anime, but like Saturday is going to be kind of a street fight you know yeah, it's going so to be that's a fight
1: completely different in
0: and he's of, like, way wrestling. better at those than to me than he is at actual wrestling so
1: they're yeah. going to go out to kill each other and I think that adds to it a ton like absolutely 100 percent. but that was the go-home show for dynamite again I'm, I will say this was strong very strong there were points in the show that kind of dipped mainly the main event didn't didn't finish off as much as I wanted to, but again, the promo made up for it big time. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, my God. The storytelling, every match has a little bit of something leading towards it. There are some that are less than others, but every match has been like given the spotlight in the show to lead to the pay-per-view, which is what you're supposed to do. Now, like I said, some are less than others, but... I mean, we'll we'll get into it more when we get into what we're going to do right now, which is talk about our predictions for Full Gear. But, Floyd, real quick, thoughts on the go-home show for Dynamite this week? I
0: thought it was a really good show. I thought it did what it's supposed to do, build up Simon for the pay-per-view. Uh, we got uh, – it's leading into a dark and then a road to dynamite or whatever. I mean, road to full gear tonight on, uh, YouTube and TNT. So I think it did, it did what it's supposed to. Not every show is going to be a plus home run and something. But if you think about it, as far as go home shows, it was kind of perfect for what it needed to be going into full gear, because this card is fucking loaded. It's probably the best on paper card that they have put together in a W
1: seriously now let's 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 not even waste time and let's get into the look like the rundown of the card for a full gear tomorrow and we'll offer our predictions and who we think will win each of the matches we'll start off with the buy-in we have one single match and is the nwa world women's championship between the recently crowned champion serena D, my girl and allison k now i really like that the nwa title is on the on the show buy-in i get like it's not really their title so i get it but at least we get to see that that title defended and the way that the nwa has been working with aew i am 100 percent for serena deep just won the title so i don't see her losing it it seems very simple that (laughs) it's going to be retained by serena
0: yeah and i'm just gonna put a couple cents not only did she just win uh what's the name? Allison Kaye's contract just ended with the NWA. So guess what they're so not going to do? that. Yeah. So there you go. There's nothing more <laughs> to be said on my part. Should be a completely, completely workable match. They are both very good professional wrestlers.
1: Yep. And now going into the main card, we'll start from lower up. I think so. We'll start with Orange Cassidy versus John Silver's singles match. I mean, this is going to be fucking entertaining, I can tell. Like, I, like this is going to be the palate cleanser and the variety for this show because I think we're going to see a lot more of comedy Orange Cassidy than we've seen recently where he's been, like, at the top of his game. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of relaxed, chill, I don't give a fuck Orange Cassidy. And John Silver's just fucking entertaining. It's going to be so much fun. But... As much as I love my boy John, I think it's going to Orange Cassidy.
0: Yes, uh, you're going to talk about two stars made completely different ways. Orange Cassidy's been made on AEW programming with his style. John Silver's basically been made on BTE, but they're both just as over as hell. Uh, you know, being John Silver, John Silver's just natural personality. Johnny Hungry, you know. And he's yeah. gonna squeeze the juice out of uh, Orange Cassidy. I think this is gonna be a very good match. I am. I gotta say, I think Orange Cassidy at this point needs a win because he. If you look at his last few matches, he has uh, lost to Cody. <laughs> he then uh, drew with Cody, and then he lost to uh, Brody Lee, the other TNT champion. So. If you're saying your goal is to get Corinne Cassie over and elevate him, he has to beat John Silver.
1: Yeah. After this, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match. Now, I don't really know what to expect from this. If we're getting a final deletion-style match, I'm really interested to see what it's done in the walls of AEW. Um, But in terms of this feud, I feel like and this is just the way that I'm leaning. I feel like Sammy Guevara has been leading to get a lot more of a singles push recently. So I'm leaning more towards Sammy Guevara actually in this match. Um, but I'm more interested just to see what they do with this match. Because, I mean, we've seen crazy out there Matt Hardy before and uh, like delete Matt Hardy and just Damascus. And they kind of played it down a little bit more over as time went on and went back to normal Matt Hardy. And I'm wondering now with this kind of like final deletion style match being done in AEW, which is, I believe, what they're going with, like how wild and ridiculous are we going to get? I think it's going to go extremely wild and ridiculous. And I'm of the opinion
0: that Matt Hardy should never lose this type of match.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: That's his. This is his match. He can do all the magic and all that stuff. He should never lose this match. I I I love Sammy, and if this was a regular wrestling match, I figure he should. I would say he should beat Matt Hardy definitively to end the feud. But because it's an elite deletion match, I think you you go all the way out there. You go with the white eyes and the teleportation. I think you go all the way. I think you try to outdo Impact and WWE with your ridiculousness. Make it as entertaining, have it trending on the internet as, like, the greatest thing ever. But Matt Hardy wins because it's his match.
1: All right. Chris Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins this match, he is allowed to join the inner circle. Now, in terms of Jericho putting over people in AEW and, like, really— because I feel like that's where the path we're going down with this match and how Jericho's been doing a lot of his career since he's lost the AEW World Championship— I think he's going to make MJF look like a star. It's a hundred percent what I'm looking like, and MJF will win, join the inner circle, and it will cause like just dissension among the ranks in the inner circle. People not wanting MJF there, and him interacting with people and just trying to be buddy buddy with them, and again, kind of doing what he did with Cody and the Elite and the way that he was acting. Like, I mean, that's how people fell in love with MJF's character when he first showed up in AEW. So, I see MJF very much putting being made a star by Chris Jericho and having an amazing performance himself as well. Cause this is going to be huge for him. Okay.
0: I, the way I see it, it's, uh, it's getting out of hand to Chris Jericho, putting over, over everybody. I think we need to establish Chris Jericho as a top star again. So I would have basically Jake out cheat Chris Jericho out cheat MJF beat him. And then maybe on the show, Invite him to go ahead and still invite him to join the inner circle, and you know do that, and then of course later MJF screws Jericho over. But you know all these people, you know these casuals that tune into uh, AEW pay-per-views to see Chris Jericho, they are going to get tired of seeing him lose.
1: Okay, I can see that. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, just you think, look at- I just think if you put that stipulation there, and you're still going to have him join the inner circle anyway. I mean, there's no point in to not have MJF win. Well, uh, I he, do think I do think that yes, Jericho needs to have very convincing wins against very convincing people after this match. Yeah, because I'm
0: looking at like we're looking at this year Revolution. He lost the world title. Yeah, did Jericho lost the world title? Uh, let's see. Um, double or nothing. What was he on the show, or did he just call the show? Oh no, he yeah they lost. They lost in the. Uh, Daniel Stampede match, and now at All Out, he lost to Orange Cassidy. He would have literally lost every major show people have tuned in to watch him on.
1: I mean, yeah, so... But at the same time, though, again, Jericho is one of those stars that's been in the business for so long that, like, I mean, like, let's like let's take a look at after Cena lost against The Rock at the first WrestleMania they faced off. And, like, he lost again and again and again and again and again. And he didn't lose any star power that entire year that he was, like, just spiraling downwards. And, again, his star power was never gone. And I feel like that's the level that Jericho is at in his career. And, and, I think, I, and I agree. I just think you've you been saying. He does need to get a couple big wins.
0: Wins and losses matter. Wins and losses yes. matter. You hammer that home. All Jericho does is, is lose in big matches.
1: Yes. And again, I do think it's going to be like after this match, he will continue to, he will start to really pick up big wins. But MJF, I believe, is winning this match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going with Jericho. I just think that makes the most sense.
1: All right. Well. Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega in the finals of the AEW World Championship Elimination Tournament, and the winner gets a shot at the AEW World title. This match, oh my god. (sighs) I'm going Hangman. I really think they're going to give Hangman another shot and it's going to be Kenny kind of just getting shell-shocked. And then he really taps into the cleaner and like actually starts hurting friends and actually starts like not giving a fuck about anybody because he wants to prove that he's the best wrestler of all time. Again, he wants the accolades. He wants the attention. He wants to build his ego up larger than it's been since he was in New Japan. And he wants to be that vicious killer with deadly knees and one of the most protected finishers in the one-winged angel and I think Hangman will be the guy who who ca- is the catalyst to set Kenny off and completely reignite the, ca- the cleaner character.
0: So, you know every pay-per-view uh, that me and you have worked together and everyone has been around if you listen to the show regularly. I have to make an insane never-gonna-happen prediction. That's what I Let's do. Go. Let's That's go. That's what I do. FTR costs Kenny the uh, Hangman turns on Kenny goes Moorhill joins the Dark Side with FTR and Tully, and oh, that's how he. That's beats- the Four Horsemen. There you go. And I've been talking about the Four Horsemen for a while, and I was thought it was going to be Cody, but Cody added people to the Nightmare Family. dyed his hair back blonde. It seemed like they're going to go more established into him being the Nightmare Family. Well, Tully has been throwing up the three sign and they've been talking about those horses. You know who's a fucking horse? The hangman. (laughs) And who's just about low enough on confidence to not think he could pull it off on his own? The hangman. Who's just desperate enough to seek outside counsel to make sure he beats Kenny Omega. Hangman, who just knows that he said he was going to be the world champion, and he's, he's tried to do it his way, and he hasn't been able to figure it out. So maybe he has to try it a different way. The Hangman. That is my okay. completely out-of-the-box, probably not-going-to-happen prediction. I, yours made sense. You're, we both picking the Hangman. Yours made way more sense than mine. But mine is the soap opera that is professional wrestling. So, there you go.
1: I might have lost you real quick. You lost me? Yep. Oh, now you're back. Okay. We're all good.
0: Okay. It recorded, but you didn't hear me. So, what I was saying... I just
1: kind of lagged out all good. I I heard most of what you said, though.
0: Yes. Mine is the soap opera that is professional wrestling. Yours is more logical. I like the soap opera of professional wrestling. But, yes, we both still think Hangman's going to win. We just think it's going to happen for two completely different reasons.
1: Okay. Uh, Next up is the AEW Women's Championship. The champion, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero at ringside. And I'm... (sighs) See a lot of me saying Nyla just because she's back, and I think they really want to put the title back on a heel to try to get the title a little bit more heat and a little bit more like somebody chasing for it. But for some, I don't know. I'm 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 thinking Sheeta. I'm just thinking Sheeta. I don't know why, but that's just what I'm thinking. Um, mainly just because I have multiple titles changing hands in my predictions, and I think that one of them isn't going to change hands, and I'm I'm picking the women's title for not changing. So. Hikaru Shida, I say retaining. This cu- this match should mean more. It just, with the way that the women's division has been and the way that the, the segments have been playing out, it, the, the heat just isn't there for me and for Floyd and for a lot of people. I hope the match really pulls through and shows how good these women can be and shows why people should focus on the women's division and why people should give it more time. As of who I'm predict- predicting, though, Shida retains. I'm going with Nyla. Uh, just All right. two-time
0: champion. Uh, I just think, I think it's, uh, I think it's her time. I, I do. I just think, uh, a heel champion is, and a dominant heel champion, if you're going to have a champion that you don't think is really as over as they should be, which I have to say that about Cheetah, she's not as over as she could be, I think that we fall into the best thing to do is to try to build somebody to go up against that heel so I would go with Nyla in this case.
1: All right. Darby Allen challenging for the TNT Championship against the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And I have Darby winning the title. I, I, I still, as
0: much as that last promo might have tilted me, I don't think it makes sense for Cody to beat him a fourth time in t-
1: two years. I was going to say, the, <laughs> the amount of times that these guys have faced off so far and the amount of times that we've seen Darby Allen on like I mean like my god is this guy over it's yeah. he's just over and if you ever wanted to pick a time to pull the trigger on Darby Allen and put a title on him and have him run with a title and see what the guy can do with a championship on his shoulder i mean have him beat Cody it was like literally the first person he faced in AEW yeah he and like for him to finally get a legitimate win on Cody and establish himself as one of aew's best performers i mean you beat cody for the tnt title that's just what happened that's just how it's got to go yeah the only reason i can see cody winning now
0: is in new japan and stuff they do have wrestlers that go like zero and 17 against people sure and then yeah. they, they build up to that final win so they could be doing that with darby and they could be like cody could just be better or most importantly I, I just think if they go with Cody, I think it will be due to Team Taz's outside interference.
1: Okay, that, and again, that's 100% what I would think would be the inclusion of uh, what FTW is going to do and what yeah. Team Taz is going to do, um, would be cause... to fuck over Cody. As much as I want him to get it legitimately, and I want Darby to really establish himself as like one of the best guys in AEW... Like I can understand FTW 100% screwing him, screwing over Cody.
0: See, I say they were going to screw over Darby, and then you can build to that feud that you look like you were building before okay, COVID, yeah. which was Brian Cage versus Darby. That's that was kind of the feud that they were building to, and as far as Cody, you know. Maybe Darby and Cody end up wrestling as a tag team against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Maybe we get something like that. Uh, I think Cody loves him because he reminds him of Sting so much. And Cody is very clear that his favorite wrestler growing up was Sting. So I I, I like that. Um, I've also heard overtures of Sting's contract and stuff ending, Legends contract ending with the WWE. And he might be showing up. there's a lot of ways this can go. And because of Cody and it being Cody and how he likes to present his matches, probably everything we just said is going to happen in the match. And it's still not going to know who's going to win. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, personally, I just think it's time for Darby. I think you got your fan base that love him. I think, I I think it's time for Darby. I don't, Darby's one of those people I never think should be a champion a long time. I think, you know, yeah, he's just the good guy to get screwed out of the title all the time but i do think it's time for to put the belt on him.
1: Alright. FTR, the AEW Tag Team Champions facing off against the Young Bucks who if they do not win they will never challenge for the AEW Tag Team Championships ever ever. Again, uh, the, uh, the Cody gimmick fillers. Uh, the Cody gimmick <laughs> continues. Gimmick stillers. Like, come on. You could at least pick a different show. Come on, Seriously, right? Come on, <laughs> but you won't like this. I'm picking Young Bucks with uh, them throwing that with them throwing that stipulation out, like, uh, and with like and this I think, being the first face off. I, 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 I see it's being Young Bucks is beating them,
0: and I think it's everything that the Cody match was. I'm and uh, Matt having a bad will. I think it's FTR. I think they beat him. and the Young Bucks uh, can't challenge again. Uh, and I think we'll get FTR and Young Bucks again later, but it just won't be for the belts. Uh, so no, uh, yeah, I'm going FTR. Not just because they're my team. Just because, I mean, you look at the bad wheel. Uh, you know, they love the work to knee. I think it'll be an old style school match. And I mean, the Bucks may win and the Bucks may win. But, uh, I can see a fucking horse screwing over the Bucks. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to uh, back to the earlier uh, prediction. I think Hangman screws over the Bucks, and that builds up to what even eventually we can get to that War Games, because not only does Hangman we never fucking got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the uh it not only does he screw over. You know, Bucks, he screws them over to the point where they can never defend for the title, challenge for the title again. The ultimate screw job.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see what that comes again, out of. Again. The the, outlandish. Likely the, oh. <laughs> outlandish. I'm going outlandish. outlandish. Yes, yeah. crazy outlandish. Main event, most likely AEW World title. I quit match Eddie Kingston versus the champion, John Moxley. And there's no way Andy Kingston wins his title. I mean, I, I, I'm not I, even I excited to, to
0: talk about it, but I think it's going to be a hell of a match. It's going to be amazing. If, you talk about star quality. I don't really whirl like that, but I think it's going to at least be a four-star match. I think they're going to kill each other. I think they're both going to be bleeding profusely at the end of the match. But at the end of the match, Eddie Kingston's going to say, I quit and we're going to move on. Eddie you Kingston know. is not the face of AEW. I love him. I think he's an amazing wrestler. I was like on that sign to Eddie thing, and I think he brings something to the roster that no one else does. He is not world champion. He has a ceiling. The world champion is not
1: in that. And 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 as much as like, and as much as like, I love Eddie Kingston's work and the, just the intensity in the man's face and everything like that. Like John Moxley's just like there's there's no reason as to why. Moxley shouldn't continue to hold the title. He's still literally one of the best guys you got, and no one's gotten tired of him yet. I have not heard anybody getting getting tired of John Moxley. No, Nobody's where I've looked at, and nobody builds a face. I'm like,
0: like you, you need a, if you want a description on how to build a face champion. Moxley's entrance to his world title and through him. he is a badass. He is him, but he is a badass, and it's like. When people say, oh, "Oh, Mox is boring," I'm like, you know, some people are like they did. Some, people hate the Patriots, you know what I mean? They, everybody's. There's always going to be the guy that hates the guy that wins all the time. It's just that it is what it is. Mox is what the face of this company needs to be right
1: now. Yeah, I mean, like again, like. I understand like not liking the character of somebody because they win all like if they win all the time and stuff, like that's why people didn't like Cena, that's why people didn't like Roman. But I'm sorry, like Moxley's legitimate a badass. He's a legitimate badass, and I just don't see any cracks in what he's been doing. He's doing the best work he's been doing in years. So I don't see any reason why you don't continue to ride this gravy train that you got going for you right now. So, yeah, that's – it's going to be Moxley. No no disrespect to Eddie Kingston. Love him to death. He would kill me in an alley if I ever walked past him. But it's going to be Moxley. But it's going to be an insane fucking match. But that is our predictions and running through full gear, which takes place tomorrow night and Floyd Johnson Jr., our correspondent for all things Elite, will be there, and will be there live at the Daily's Place to be taking in all the action. His first... Uh, it's just going to be first AEW pay-per-view since Revolution, I believe. Well, so, no, since All Out. No, wait, All Out. Yeah, that's right. The only one I've missed before. is I Double swore, or Nothing. I, I oh. swore you were at Revolution, yeah.
0: Only one I've missed is Double or Nothing. I am excited for this. I am thankful for this. I... I thank all the people that have to make, had to adjust to make this happen. And I'm literally looking forward to being at the show. Uh, my friend Steve has been training at Sean Spears Wrestling School. So I get to see him tomorrow. So that's going to be fun. And all Sean Spears
1: of, and Tyler Breeze, yes. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, he's been training at the wrestling school. So I'm very excited to see him because I haven't seen him since January of uh, the Royal Rumble. I haven't seen him since the Royal Rumble. We went to that show together.
1: There you go. And uh, it's going to be a wild weekend for you for sure. And, I mean, again, I will be very jealous, but I'm very happy for you to be there. And it's going to be a wild night. But that will do it for this go-home show of a of all things elite, uh, do you want to announce on the show who won our contest that we talked about last week? Yes, I will announce on the show
0: who won our contest last week. Sweet, Um pulling it up because I forgot. Oh <laughs> you fucker! Oh god, no! It's like I've been communicating with her. It's at Helen H. Mayer uh M A H H E R she won she has the credentials she has verified they work uh this is you know it's kind of a tradition for the show every AEW pay-per-view we make sure somebody's watching so uh through the AT uh, you know all things elite account it's amazing i love doing it because you know it it just it, it, honestly people love winning things I I really want to say that, and that's why I do giveaways, because, like, I did a, like, a retweet giveaway, and I won, like, a hundred bucks, and, dude, you would have thought I won the lottery, because, you know, I
1: I, 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 back when I was a kid, the first thing I ever won was through a Radio Disney contest, and I won, like, a CD, and I, all I had to do was, like, like there was a line from a movie that was played through the radio and i just had to say which disney movie it was and i got it right it was it was herbie fully loaded because i believe that was like one of their newest movies at the time but i said that i won a cd of just nothing but like radio disney or disney channel songs but when i won you would have thought i won like fifty thousand dollars yeah
0: exactly because people just like winning they like being chosen it's just fun. So that's why we do it. If you ever wonder, I always do love sporting AEW. But I really do just do it because winning makes people feel good. And yeah, I like to make people happy. So there you go. It that continues is...
1: the positivity of this show that we try mm-hmm. to bring to you every single week.
0: Congratulations, Helen. Definitely enjoy the show. If that yes, is they... your real name. I, I imagine Helen H. Mayer is not... <laughs> like a work name that's a very yeah (laughs) unless it's like a character from a movie or something i don't know but congratulations enjoyed the show
1: yes and enjoy the show to everybody who will be watching full gear tomorrow night and that'll do it again thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of all things elite if you enjoyed it be sure to continue to download the show on google and apple podcasts and spotify listeners we always pay attention to you as well if you're on any of our platform, any platforms whatsoever where you can get podcasts and you're listening, we'd love it if you shared it with a friend. Tell somebody about the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. We love having you guys around. We love doing this show for you guys. So we'd love to continue to continue to do it. And leave a rating and review if you liked it as well. If you also want, we'd appreciate it as well if you'd leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. We'd be forever. Your debt, and you can also support us by following us on social media at at Elite Pod on Twitter at Social Suplex. Myself, I am at S Zoomer Four. If you do not like political shit, because I understand that's all people are talking about right now, do not follow me until all of this shit is over. Because I promise you. It won't get any easier on my feed if you don't want to see any of that. And I totally understand if you don't. It's been a fucking weird week. And at Floyd Johnson Jr. is Floyd on Twitter. I'm sure he'll be tweeting his view from the Daily's Place for Full Gear. And before we get into what will happen in Full Gear, when we're back next week, Floyd, take us home and we'll be seeing you hopefully on the cameras at Full Gear at the Daily's Place. I'm going to keep it short. I'm
0: going to keep it simple. Uh, This week... There are two in every every four years we have to go through this, there are two sides. One side's gonna be happy, one side's gonna be sad. But just remember we are all americans no matter what so we all should be rooting for the president to be as successful as possible and for people outside of the country we are really not this crazy i promise uh right. <laughs> so i'd say this whether you are mailing in or in a, or you're mailing in or you're voting live just remember no matter what you do always do your best to be elite